Culture and Psychology with Tabana. Hello to our Radio Bamdat listeners. Uh, today is the first day of Nowruz. So before we start, I want to say Sal No Mubarak, Happy New Year to all Persians all over the world. We are happy today that we um, are sitting here with Dr. Rockers from Tavana Organization. Tavana is a nonprofit organization helping youth Uh, adults and children in uh, psychology and culture. We believe culture is an important part of psychology. And today uh, with Nuru's um, celebration, it's a big part of our um, Persian culture. Yesterday, we talked about celebration, Charshambesuri, Nuru's, the items on the table, and uh, what happens before uh, Nuru's cleaning the house and uh, looking forward to New Year and all the items that we set up on the table. And today, we want to really wish everyone a very great year ahead. I know last year, we couldn't celebrate Nuru's together because of the pandemic. It was a very sad and lonely New Year last year. I remember that all the families were all separated. They Zoomed, they uh, FaceTimed, they called each other, but they couldn't get together. I completely remember how lonely that Nourouz was with fear, with unknown and everything. And this Nourouz is real celebration with most of the elderly being vaccinated, most of the people around the world are feeling better because of the hope, because of being able to fight this pandemic. And uh, today I really want to start with um, saying that um, I really feel that we are going to have a wonderful new year, Persian new year. And Dr. Rockers, one of my friend and colleague um, that we've been knowing each other since 2014, is open to culture, always asks questions, always likes to celebrate with people. And I'm happy to be sitting with Dr. Rockers today and uh, talking about culture, about New Year resolution, about how we would like to celebrate this year as Persian community, although he's not part of this community, but because in a spirit, he's everywhere with everyone, I'm sure he is with us um, today as well and in the year to come. So uh, Dr. Rockers, I want you to start uh, also saying your own words. Uh, all right. I will like to also say Salu Nomo Barak myself. That, just to have a, a great new year. Did I do that well? Did, did Was that understandable? Perfect. You All right. Really great. perfectly. Yeah. You're a good le- learner uh, as far as I've known you. All right. Right. I just became a good learner once I met you. It oh, was thank you. Influence. Thank it's you. the Persian influence, right? Is, <laughs> um, is Persian background known for a curiosity, known for interest? Uh, there's some sort of a there's a lot of learning oh well in in persian culture wisdom and knowledge is always appreciated so it's a big part of the culture usually people that they're knowledgeable they have wisdom um they're like elderly are always um 
important in our culture because of their experiences, because of knowing more about life. So knowledge, experience, uh, wisdom is always celebrated and it's always very important in Persian culture. Okay, very good. And then I have a question for you. How was your Samanu? <laughs> good. Yes. Well, actually, you know, what is uh, Samanu? I, I just... I, uh, tell me what it is. Okay. Was Samanu actually, um, let's start actually with Sumak that yesterday we talked about, because I read um, since yesterday that Sumak is symbolized of life and passion, compassion. Oh. And Senjet, which is silver berry, all these actually are sort of berries, like Sumak is uh, sort of berries. And uh, Senjet is silver berry is seen as a simulator of love and affection. And Sabze, which is the sprouts, symbolizes rebirth. So um, the tradition of Hafsin that yesterday we talked about, since yesterday I learned a little bit more because I felt bad that you put me on the spot with asking questions and then I read something about it. So, and then apple also is the uh, health and fertility, a lot of symbolizing fertility, like garlic was traditionally thought to avert evil, given the, um, you know, smell, it diffuses, um, we couldn't entirely reject um, that theory. But it is a symbol of protection in the face of affliction. So I don't know if that makes sense or not. Totally makes sense. Affliction being some sort of illness or sickness, probably. Sure. Yeah, sure. And then Samanu that you just asked, is a nutritionist pudding type thing. Um, it's like a food which comes in only one color that's brown uh, to make Samanu, uh, the wheat sprouts are um, transformed into a sweet and creamy delight um, food. And uh, it's one of the seventh food that represents affluence. Um, oh. Yeah. So, and then Seke, we talked about that, is the symbol of um, prosperity. You really wish the family have a, um, you know, good prosperity for the year. So, um, now talking about Samanu, Samanu um, actually is also a rich food that uh, you taste at the table because making a big dish is a lot of uh, work usually just put it in a small bowl and then um, after the new year when they announce the year is now uh, turned to year uh, this year would be 1400 it's a new century so it's a big thing this year it's year 1400 so we are witnessing a new century oh. and in one in one uh, way it's really important it's the beginning of a new century so after the they announced the new year starts everybody actually has a little taste of samanu uh, usually it's just because it's a really rich food it's like a pudding 
and uh, you they pass it around and everybody has a taste of it. And then uh, you have to actually uh, put it in the refrigerator because if you set it up uh, at the table, uh, you can eat it um, the next day or two days after it's sitting on the table. So after you eat a little bit of it, each person actually takes a spoon of it. Then if you have more of it, you put it in the refrigerator and then you use it either in other days um, as a pudding that you do maybe after dinner or lunch, or you still put it on the table to just be there as beauty of the table that you had set up. So everything is colorful and um, tasteful. Now, if I go to like an international supermarket, can I buy some anew? Will they have that for sale or not? Yes, around Nuru's, uh, some of the international markets, uh, they have actually nicely um, set up in a um, container, uh, usually in a glass container. Uh, it's usually a small because it has a lot of work to bring it to that pudding type. So it's expensive. That's why you don't see it in a big jar, usually a small jar. And usually international markets sell uh, that because Persian around the community, they usually go to international markets to get some of these items. Okay. And then the, what is it, sabze? Yeah, sabze, you germinate um, wheat usually or lentil or any kinds of seeds, uh, depending on, you know, there's uh, very... Um, creative women uh, or men that I know and I have seen that germinate like seven different types of seeds. And it's so beautiful because each one of them come out differently. Uh, some of them are spiral. Some of them are just uh, standing. Some of them are sitting on the um, table on, on the dish that you prepare. It's beautiful. So people use a lot of creativity in setting up their table. Some use the uh, turquoise um, color and set up everything in turquoise because turquoise is also one of the symbolic color of uh, Persian culture with mosaics and all those uh, mosques that they, uh, or all different traditional buildings that they use that color. Some people set up all their tables with that color some use green, red, so something colorful. So if you walk into every Persian homes, you see there's a beautiful setup of Noru's table. Now, the, and that's the haftzin, right? Yes. And is the, are the seven items or however many items are on the table, are those general, most of those not, you don't eat them or are they all eaten or is only the samanu eaten? How does that work? No, you know, samak you can eat and uh, it doesn't uh, get bad after even two weeks when sitting on the table. Uh, usually you cover all these edible stuff um, so that the dust doesn't get to it and then uh, you can take it out. But the most important part is the setup before Noruz, uh, when you get together with family, when you have friends over, but then after uh, Noruz, um, usually you keep it for two weeks, either you throw them away, or if you want to keep them like the silverberry, the senjid, is usually hard to find here. Usually they send it from abroad, 
or uh, you have to freeze it for next year. So you really are careful to keep that silverberry. It's edible. It's very tasteful. Um, it's really great for your health. But because you don't have it here, and hardly you can even find in international markets. Um, usually they send it um, from different parts of the world uh, in a package. Um, that's why that, for example, you have to be careful after the setup, you really make sure you freeze it, you keep it for uh, the following year. Like I have silverberry from years before and I, every time I set it up, I put it back, I put it in the, um, um, freezer, I use it for next year. But sumac, um, it's uh, a lot, you can find it. Apple, you can find it. Uh, usually you pick the most red uh, apple for, uh, for setup. And uh, samanu um, is very hard to make. It has a very um, long process to finally bring it to a pudding. So samanu, you just use it um, on that day or keep it. Some people keep it in the freezer and use it the next year. But because I've seen, seen it in international markets, usually, you know, we just eat it and um, buy new ones the following year. But sabze, usually you can keep it till the two weeks and then you throw it away. Um, vinegar, yes, you can use it. Uh, the garlic, which is uh, the clove of um, garlic, it's raw. So after the setup, you can take it and use it. Uh, pretty much everything is usable except the flowers. You can, like, for example, my goldfish are from four years ago. So I kept them and I feed them, I clean them all the time and my fish are doing well. And for four years I have kept them, but I bought new ones just to add to those that I had. Um, I set up um, a new aquarium and I kept it in them. Um, so uh, we have that. And then also just for the fact that we wanted to set up our table, uh, I separated two of them in a uh, uh, crystal bowl and I put it on the table so yeah some of them are edible like the eggs uh, in the past I used to cook the eggs and color the eggs usually the kids my my sons when they were little that was the fun part to color the eggs but uh, recently in a festival Persian festival I found um the wooden um, eggs, which is covered and colored. And then they have beautiful um, old uh, miniature, miniature. We call those miniature like in uh, fancy books of uh, Hafez or different poets that they're beautiful um, paintings. Those are now on those uh, eggs that I found in uh, one of the Persian festivals and I keep it year after year. So now we don't even make eggs, but many families, I know the kids um, just sit together, they paint the eggs uh, just like Easter. Yeah, so you talked about Samanu and I get going with other things. Do you have other questions? It might be a good time for a break before we go on to a new topic. Very good. Yes, we do a break and we come back to continue our conversation. Shanamandigane Azize Radio Bamdad. امروز من با دکتر راکرز یکی از همکارانم از شرکت توانا در خدمتون هستیم 
و راجب جشن نوروز دیروز و امروز صحبت کردیم سال نو به همه مبارک باشه و ما امیدواریم که سال بسیار خوبی رو شنوندگان عزیزمون داشته باشن و سالی باشه پر از شادی و سلامتی ما سال سختی رو گذروندیم به خاطر کرونا و اشالله که امسال سال بسیار خوبی برای همگی باشه ما یک تنفس کوتاه میدیم برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم Dr. Rockers, um, we so far talked about um, items on the half scene um, table, and uh, I just leave it to questions from Dr. Rockers, uh, and I hope I can answer all the questions that he has. So I'll go try ahead, not Dr. To Rockers. Okay, what, here's the question, Senjed, is that olives as I know olives, or is that a different animal? No, actually, it, it, the size and the shape is like olive, but it's uh, it's sweet. It's um, uh, more. I mean, it has a. Um, it has. It's orange. You can peel it, um, and then um, it has a pit inside, which is the olive shape. Uh, you eat, and then you throw the uh, pit out. Uh, Did so I say it's sweet. It's sweet. Huh? It's sweet. It's not, well, doesn't No, not. no. It's, yes, it's sweet. It's actually, it's, it's silver berry. It's kind of berries, but it's about the size of almond. And um, you can easily peel it, but a lot of people eat the cover, the peel, the uh, skin as well. Um, yeah, it's sweet, but it's um, more... Um, The taste is more, I would say, not too sweet, but you feel the sweetness. It's not as sweet as mulberry, you know, the dry mulberry that um, here we have. Uh, mm -hmm. It's, um, yeah, the taste is sweet, definitely. Okay. And when people have celebrations, these celebrations, are they... Usually just with family, is that the most common or does it include other people as well? How does it all work? Good question. You know, people do differently depending on what type of, you know, family upbringing you are. A lot of people are very sociable. They, um, when we talk about family in Persian culture, we talk about cousins, we talk about aunts and uncles, and then usually The uh, nuclear families celebrate our home by their setup. They take pictures. They celebrate um, whether they're newly married, whether uh, they have little children, older children. They celebrate. And then 
immediately they come to the um, grandparents, to the elderly in the family, and they celebrate with them. Um, usually, I forgot to tell you about this. Usually, now I saw that they sell um, silverberry, actually, they call it Russian olive. It's, it's interesting, because right now, I was looking and it's, uh, it says silverberry and in the parentheses, they say Russian olive. It's really interesting. Um, but um, so I just want to make sure I um, talk about a silverberry a little bit because I know you're curious and you want to um, get <laughs> the answer you have. It's a, uh, you know, silverberry is a very beautiful ornamental evergreen shrub. It's uh, native to the Americans and is perfect alternative to um, invasive Russian olive. I guess that's why in the apprentices, uh, they usually say Russian olive. So um, the name um, actually, I guess, comes from the family of Eliot Nasi, um, which I guess that's the origin. Um, the type is the shrub, and usually it's six to 10 feet, um, and they need full sun um, and or part sun, um, but nothing really extraordinary. Um, the flowering is from May to June. They can plant it and um, they can um, keep it inside. But um, I haven't seen in any Persians' houses, so maybe it's not that easy to really raise a silverberry. But obviously, the fruit is rare and it's edible. So I don't know if you've seen any silverberry anywhere here in United States. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never heard of it, in fact. That's interesting, yeah. So um, one more thing I forgot to tell you, usually the families get together um, after, for example, if this year here in California, the Nourus starts around um, 12, between 12 to one uh, at noon. So for example, my family, we all are going to um, my older sisters um, if, because my mom passed two years ago. This year, my older sister is um, having everybody in, in um, her house. So we all are going to gather there. And the food we eat on Noru's or the night before celebration, or if the Noru's happens at night in the evening, some people uh, celebrate even the night before the family get together and then celebrate the time of Noru's on their own or the opposite, they celebrate first in their home um, and then come together with the whole family. Uh, so the food is um, fish with um, something called cuckoo sapsi, all the herbs you mix, you cut and with egg, it's sort of like quiche, but it's all with different herbs and you cut it and it's called uh, sapsi, cuckoo sapsi. And uh, there's also a dish is sabzi polo. And the rice is all mixed with, with herbs and saffron on top. And uh, so celebration is a starts with all the herbs and healthiest stuff. And usually the uh, white wild uh, fish, but because it's hard to find here, we usually have different types of fish. Um, 
uh, salmon or whatever you can find that you can eat with the sabzi polo and kuku. So that's the main dish for celebration. Uh, it's like the ham and um, the type of food that for Christmas, um, you know, it's a celebration. The food is sabzi polo, kuku and mahi, which is fish. Okay, here's the next question I have for you. Like here in the U.S., if we go to a Christmas celebration, the adults usually derive something different from it than the kids. And on the way back, the kids would consider it a successful celebration if certain things happen and the adults consider it good if certain things happen. What do, what's the difference between the adults and the kids in terms of what is successful for them in terms of uh, the Persian New Year celebration. Does that make sense, the question, what I'm asking? I, I mean, I do understand, but I want to make sure you specifically give an example so I understand better. Well, like I'm thinking for, in, let's say, let's take a Christmas, for example, the adults generally focus less on the gifts and more on the conversation and connection. Whereas the kids, like, did I get this present or did I eat this candy? That, that's what they're going to think of and remember. So maybe my question is more about what do people, what do they focus on and what do they remember? What's yeah, important? I, I probably understood you from the beginning, but now it's more clear. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same because kids are kids, you know, they're looking for, okay, what is it for me? What is the gift? How much money I get? Because usually, as I said, the elders um, or the parents give um, money um, to the kids. And that's part of the tradition. Uh, some people give gifts, different gifts, but the money is always part of the gifts. So the bigger the bill, <laughs> obviously, the better for the kids, they're happier. Uh, but for elderly, usually um, they start with all, um, you know, good thoughts, good acts, good conversation. And they usually the elderly suggest or um uh, you know, uh, they, they always say, you know, let's just put all the bad stuff away and starts with good, with happy, with, uh, you know, and if there is any um, sort of, um, you know, um, um, you know, stuff happens in the families usually. Um, and, and if people are not, um, you know, communicating or, they're angry at each other or, you know, they have some grudges keeping in them. Uh, usually the people that they're wiser, they're older, they usually um, give advice and they try to bring the family together. Uh, they always talk about, you know, let's just put all these behind us. The New Year's all about, you know, cleansing, uh, having good spirit, having, um, you know, good relationship. So usually, uh, it's always probably the same, you know, when you are more experienced, uh, you usually want to pass by all those little things that have created some, um, you know, unhappy ending between two people or some families. So usually New Year is about putting all those behind and starting, you know, having a 
you know, bitter relationship. So, it, and as I see and compare in both culture, American culture and Persian culture, all these things that we discussed since yesterday in some sort of, um, you know, maybe not exact timing, but in different time happens in American culture as well. Right. I don't know that there is, and this may be my own imagination or viewpoint, I, I guess I'd feel like in our own culture, not as much focus on, I love that concept of cleaning. You know, we, ha- we here have the secular spring cleaning idea, but I like that idea of it being a symbolic. We need to operate, all of us, I think, benefit from operating more in terms of paying attention to what is symbolic. How do I move myself forward? How do I go forward? How do I progress in some way? So maybe after our next break, we can talk a little bit about that moving forward and New Year's types of resolutions or goals or whatever. Sure. Let's just have a break and come back to continue. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به اتفاق همکارم دکتر راکرز امروز در مورد نوروز صحبت میکنیم البته بیشتر به خاطر کنجکاوی های دکتر راکرز بود که فکر کردیم که امروز رو اختصاص بدیم به نوروز و صحبت در مورد نوروز و اینکه چطور نوروز میتونه خوبی هایی رو برای خانواده ها بیاره و شروع یک سال خوب و رابطه های بهتر باشه برمیگردیم در خدمتون هستیم و در قسمت پایان برنامه امروز و اگر کسانی هستن در منزل که به زبان انگلیسی ترجیح میدن صحبت کنن ازشون دعوت کنین شنبه و یک شنبه هر هفته از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر به برنامه ما توجه بکنن
are back with Dr. Rockers and we continue our conversation about Nuru. So far, we've talked about different parts of celebration, uh, the culture, Persian culture and celebration of Nuru's. And now we are back um, towards the end of uh, the last part of our program. And uh, I just let Dr. Rockers to continue with the question. The question I have is what benefits do you see in terms of New Year's resolutions? Like, why do we do that? What's the point? Why can't we just keep going? Um, I think every time in life, we have to stop and think. And even more than New Year, probably, I would say daily before we go to bed, it would be nice because we always talk about this to count our blessing to appreciate what we have rather than focusing on what we don't have. But then when it comes uh, to New Year, the reason we specifically talk about resolution, because it's easier to just say, okay, this is a big issue. This is a new year. This is the new beginning for everyone in some ways when you look at it. And let's just stop and think of, something that brings uh, something for the good of either my life or others. And usually uh, in different cultures, they focus on different things. In Persian culture, everything that is meaningful uh, is important. For example, if in a New Year resolution, you say something about cleansing your you know, self, it's very meaningful. Or say something about, you know, um, you know, if you have some issues in relationship with your loved ones, you mostly focus on that. So it's basically more about your inner self, your relationship with others. And um, basically, that is something that is more of value in Persian culture. And Persian culture actually goes back to three years ago. So it's been celebrated for more than 3,000. I said three years, I'm sorry, 3,000 years ago. I thought that was a little short when you said <laughs> yeah. no, three I, years. I meant 3,000 years. So, yeah, so it's just, uh, it goes back to years and years before. So you can imagine the tradition from those years back has been always more about the inner self, the wisdom that uh, the elderly bring to the picture. And um, because usually you celebrate with the elderly in the family, you usually listen to them and their lesson of the, their uh, teaching of the lessons they have learned and with their experiences, it's mostly about the values and the meaningful parts of life. Yeah, it's, it seems to me that in every culture, in every spiritual approach and in every culture, there has to be a value on moving forward. Right? Exactly. To be both celebrated, but also emphasized in there. Yes. And, um, you know, for um, 
Sizebedar, which is the last day of celebration after 13 days of celebration, you usually, basically that is like I throw all the evil, I throw all the negativity, I throw all the, um, you know, mistakes I did in life and I throw it away. I don't think it anymore, think about it anymore. And I start a new beginning. So it's more like two weeks of celebration and now focusing on, okay, now what do I do? Now it's time to just get rid of all these old um, negative thinking and negative thought, throw it all to the water and let's start. And maybe one of the symbolizing of throwing that germinated seeds that you have made after 13 days, they got old and now they're rotten. You put it in the water that, that symbolizes that I put everything that is old, everything that's in me that I don't want anymore. And it's rotten. It's just sitting there and it's negative. I just throw it away. I give it to the water and the water will take it. The water helps symbolize something that absorbs. It also means a cleansing, probably in a symbolic way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in every culture, when you think of celebration, there's always some wisdom into it. There's always some meaning into it, into the rituals that they do. You don't see any rituals that has any negativity into it. I was in one of the Indians' weddings and things that they did and they put it nicely on a sheet of paper in English for Americans and other cultures that they were invited to the ceremony. And it was uh, explaining all the rituals that they did. It was all meaningful. And it came from years before. And maybe to the eyes of the person who looks, you just wonder, why are they doing these things? But there was always meaning behind it. And I think in every culture, that is true. They, there are so many meaningful, um, you know, wisdom and thought behind it. Right. And one of the biggest pieces of human beings moving forward is the development and maintenance of awareness, mm -hmm. awareness of ourself in the situation, awareness of our own, what, how we respond to things and when we do things in a good way and when we do things in a way that makes us feel not so good later on. So all of that, and that's what those symbolic, to me, that's what those symbolic ceremonies will do for us, especially when we come from the outside and we see somebody doing something that we don't ordinarily do, like whatever that is, if it's in Indian culture, isn't there like a sprinkling or a coins type of a thing in the wedding? But all of those, and to learn what the symbolism does, it's just, it helps it cement us cement it more into the inside of us. Yes. We can get a sense of what things get cemented inside of us, I think, by paying attention to our dreams. Hmm. What Tell me more about that. Well, what has an effect on us, what touches us deeply will often show up in dreams. And so when you recall your dreams, think about, well, what was that? 
what was it about that thing? Why did that piece make it into my dreams? Hmm. That's, those are significant things. And that's what Jung said. He said, you, if there are people that show up in your dreams, they probably symbolize some particular quality. And what you want to do after you have a dream that has somebody in it is pay attention. Who is that person? But again, it comes back to the awareness, development of our own awareness, which mm -hmm. these rituals and, and the symbolic things do. What were you going to say? No, absolutely. I was just talking about dreams that different people interpret dreams differently, but definitely there is something into the dreams that still needs to be discovered. Because I remember in one of the courses I took, which was the group counseling, um, we had an absolute fabulous professor who was so much into believing in dreams. And most of the time, she talked about dreams and what they mean. And I remember in one of the um, sessions that we had, uh, there were some uh, you know, students in the class that they were so curious about a particular dream that they had that was coming and coming and coming for them. So what the professor did was fabulous. She actually told the person who asked this question that I really want to know what's going on um, in my dream. So she um, clearly explained her dreams that was coming back and coming back. So what the professor did was created a scenario with all of the students and created that scene of the dream that she was describing. So somebody, for example, was a tree. The other person was the animal that she was describing. The other person was the person she was describing. So she created this whole play type scenario with the people in the class. And it was amazing that this person who described the uh, uh, dream, she was just crying because she finally got what happened. What was it that she was uh, continuously seeing that scene? But by creating that play type thing, and she was just leading, the professor was leading. She says, okay, now you're, you're going to walk between this part and you're going to do this. And then the other person. So she um, actually did the whole scene of the uh, dream by having people move the same way, standing the same way, saying the same thing. And the person who was dreaming uh, over and over that scene and that scenario finally got it and started crying, started sobbing and said, finally, it came true for me what was going on. And it was amazing for me that from that point, I thought, wow, dreams are meaningful. Dreams can be real. Dreams can be something in subconscious that are appearing when our body is relaxed and in deep sleep, you know. Right, right. I, in my practice, I work with people with their dreams fairly frequently, especially now as I get older, I just think that there's so much there. And, you know, part of the thing too, is if we think, if you think about it and ask this question, it sounds simple on the surface, but what are we? 
what am I? Like, yeah, I see myself as a human being with hands and arms and legs and feet and a body. But what really am I? If we look down to the atomic level, what atoms are made of, of electrons and protons and neutrons, and then the subatomic level, what are the atoms themselves made of? We begin to realize there, what is this that I am? And when we think about it, when I think about it in that way, and then I realize, oh, whatever it is that we are, our minds are perceiving us in this way that can make sense, which is as a symbol. So I see myself as a body. And that's the language, symbolic language that we're getting in the dream. So our mind is speaking to us in more symbols. But at the base of it, we don't really know what we are exactly. I mean, I, we're some kind of energy. We know that. Sure. People tend to dismiss that as like a lot of metaphysical speculation or navel gazing. But the reality is we are energy and we don't know whatever form we see right here. That's just the form that we can see. Hmm. Right. If our eyes were infrared, if we could see infrared out of our eyes instead of what we see, we'd see different. We see a limited amount of the electromagnetic spectrum. Our vision is a very small part of that. We do not see all the way to ultraviolet. And we do not see all the way to infrared wavelengths. We just see a certain part. Different animals will see different parts. Mm-hmm. But we're symbolizing what we are. And then our dreams are speaking in that symbolic language. That's what it makes sense to me. Hmm. Do you have any specific dreams yourself that comes back to you? Have you had that? Like recurrent theme dreams? Mm, yes. I do. I have had that. Yeah, I have actually several different themes. Yeah. I have one theme. I have, I have several theme dreams, but one that comes to mind is this. It's a feeling of, um, in psychology, we would call it oceanic. And that it is, this is vast. It's very big. And I've had this where I'm out on the ocean and there are these huge rolling waves that are like 20 stories tall and everything around me is moving Mm. around. And I can feel like it, this could be the end. Hmm. Or I have these theme dreams where there's like this jetliner in the sky that's flying very low and I'm watching it and it just has a certain feeling to it. It's like a spiritual feeling hmm. to it. Is it because uh, I'm just trying to have a meaning from your dream. Is it because you feel life is so much bigger than who you are? I, I do not know the answer to that question of interpretation. It, it's probably some of that. It's probably getting a sense. I'm, my interpretation is it's getting a sense of the unconscious aspect mm-hmm. and that it is, like what you said, so much bigger, bigger than, than me. Yeah. We are. Mm-hmm. I don't um, know. Yeah. Questions. Yeah, it's interesting because... 
um, I actually have a client who has um, always a dream that comes back and is fighting, fighting, and uh, he cannot actually um, be the winner of the fight. It's like fist fight. It's like body fight. It's like uh, killing. Uh, I mean, it's just all the worst you can imagine in his dream. And we've talked about the past and life and so many different things that he has experienced. And we are continuously discovering a lot uh, about his past and what was happening. And it is interesting because uh, now as we are talking, I can see maybe where all this is coming from because he had a really terrible childhood and especially growing up uh, during his uh, you know, teenage years, there was a lot of um, issues. And so I feel like now that we are talking about the dreams, it's his fight with life. You know, life has been always bigger than him and would really at the end, he, he always invites his yelling and screaming and uh, trying to get help. And he just wakes up uh, sweating and uncomfortable and feeling bad and can't go back to bed. His dreams are always so drastic, drastically negative, you know, and he can't be, um, you know, in a dream that has rarely he says that he had um, happy ending dreams but now it's interesting now I'm going back to this client and thinking you know um, it's a lot to do with your background with your past with your thoughts how you symbolize yourself as you said you know it seems like life has been always a fight for him you know Right. And the thing, too, is a lot of this stuff, Freud was right in the sense that a lot of it comes from childhood and Jung, too. A lot of it comes from childhood. If you think about what happens in childhood, we are developing as a conscious entity. When we're born, we do not have this consciousness. But as we become conscious, what happens is there are lots of these conflicting energies and feelings inside us that we do not comprehend always. And they can be extreme. If we get wounded physically or psychologically, if we get wounded, those energies are very strong and they're very powerful. And we may not get those rectified. And when we don't, then they're still we're trying to struggle with getting those back into place, but there's some, some of them have gotten formed and that struggle can happen a long time. Mm -hmm. It shows up. I think, I believe that it shows up as the struggles in our dreams. A lot of my clients who have post-traumatic stress will have these recurrent violent dreams. Mm. And it's because they're in one moment in that trauma that they've gone through is something gets created, some aspect of them gets created in a, a different, difficult, unresolved way. Hmm. And it is likely protective for them, but it is also problematic for them. Hmm. Interesting. I hope when our 
following conversation, maybe either next week or weeks to come, maybe we can have a specific topic of dream to talk about. Good idea. I'm sure our listeners would be interested in that. With that, um, we don't have time for another break, but if you have your final statement as usual, would you say it and then we can end our program? I would say this. Uh, I think for the new year, one thing one could do is pay attention to your dreams and see if you can understand what they're trying to tell you about yourself. Often we hear, I and I've said it too, to somebody like, oh, hey, I had a dream about you the other night. But the dream isn't about that other person. The dream is about me. Mm-hmm. And the other person who showed up in my dream is symbolic of some part of me. So for example, if it includes this person at work that I know, then I realize later, oh, that person is a very crabby person. And so the dream was about the crabby part of me. So my unconscious is telling me about how I was acting yesterday. So pay attention to your dreams, see what you can learn and how you can grow from them. Very good. Uh, And I want to say, just uh, try to always focus on you. Uh, And as you said, Daniel, you know, in your dreams or in your life, there's so many things that bother us. There's so many things that we don't like. Maybe it's something about us as well when you said in your dreams, but even in reality and in life, you know, if I have a problem with a person, maybe there's a piece of that person in me that I don't like, that that's why I don't like that person. So I want to say, um, as you said, focus on you when you dream and the dream is maybe about you. I want to say in real life also always focus about you. What is it that you don't like about this person or that person or in this relationship? Maybe you need to explore in you there is something about you that you don't like and that's why you have some issues with this person or this relationship. With that, I want to say Happy New Year again, Nuruz Mubarak. And I hope you have a wonderful year ahead, wonderful week ahead, a great day with family. And next week we come back and we talk about um, other topics or maybe even continue to talk about culture and celebration because then Sisa Bedar is coming and we may be able to talk about different parts of Persian culture or other culture, especially with the spring being a a new life and new beginning for uh, nature. So um, have a wonderful Noruz. And uh, we miss our friend, Dr. Uh, Andrade today. And hopefully next week we have him in our conversation.
هم وطن روز تو پیروز باد ای وطن هر روز تو نوروز باد